And I also think... it's a horrible cartoon. <laughs> like this is it has not brain. aged well at all. No. Like if you have ever gone back to watch that show to this day, it has aged hard. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I try, but I can't. It's just it's not it's not good. And um, when you watch it, you realize. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another relaunch. I am LZ. I am Keenan. What's, what's up, Keenan? How are you? I'm, <laughs> I'm doing all right. It's um, yeah. it's very hot in DC. Yeah. It's, it's been a very hot week, actually. You know, um, they were talking about something how there was like a 41 degree shift in the temperature that went up. Oh my. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't know global warming. <laughs> it's, it's happening, so it's very hot right, right now, but we're doing all right. All How right, about you? <laughs> That's what that sounds like to me. It's time to get the thighs out for the summer. Okay, you know. <laughs> I know that's right. Um, it's been pretty good here too. It's been getting warmer. Um, okay. And really, that LA weather where I'm like, oh, I need to be outside and like chilling. I used to pre-pandemic. I used to like take my comics. Each. I love how that's a thing pre-pandemic. Right, right. Yeah, you know, times have changed now. It's pre and post. No. It's, it's a whole life we live now. I used to like, you know, uh, roll a blunt, go on down to the beach with my comics and enjoy like the weather. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> it was I great. love it. But now things are getting warmer again and like might have to start doing that again. <laughs> Um, but speaking of comics, let's get on right into it. Uh, okay. First, we have Cable number 10, and this is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Phil Noto. And I know you didn't read this one, and technically I wasn't either. <laughs> because... this, is the, um, this is the final issue, wasn't it? No, I think there's one more. I think oh, okay. it goes to 11. It's either 11 or 12, but I think I think it's 11. Um, so... Technically, I wasn't supposed to be reading this issue either because you dropped last time I said I was going to drop it. But then <laughs> I found out that they were only going to do up to 11. So I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll finish, finish, it I'll finish it off. Right. So I will say this issue was better than the last. And okay. I think that's I wasn't there. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's, that's very bad. I believe it. Yeah. So no domino in this issue. And it is pretty much all about how young Cable wants to revive older Cable. And um, <clears throat> he is having this like turmoil of what he wants to do with it. And he wants to basically just um, have a the resurrection of the older one because he feels like he needs help like defeating Strife, who is the clone of his older self. So... Um, he was going to try to figure out something with Xavier. Emma ends up stopping him and is like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? Why don't you go talk to your dad about this? Like, he is like the captain of Krakoa. Go and talk to him. And um, he goes to Cyclops. Cyclops is getting a fitting for his um, for his Hellfire Gala costume, which is kind of a cool oh, little nod. Okay. Uh, Carnation is like, 
do measuring him and cyclops is like you know i don't want anything too flashy you know you know me (laughs) jumbo's like i know you don't want i know (laughs) Uh, and they end up going on like a little mission where they try to have a little father-son time and it's because some arako mutants have been out in london like doing whatever they want to do (laughs) because they want some time off the island and they've been like beating people's ass in a bar. So the Cyclops and Cable go and try to like stop them from messing things up or whatever. And we meet these two new um, Arako mutants. Um, I think their names were uh, Castor and Pollux. I think that's how you pronounce their name. Oh, and, I love that. Yeah. Like oh, I didn't Star- even think of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so like, fun fact, this is like a really big fun nerdy fact about me. When I used to play RPG games like Dragon Age and stuff like that, I would always name my characters Castor and Pollux. Oh, like <laughs> that's really the, cool. Like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Come on, fun fact. Um, so we meet them. I think Castor has like super strength or something like that. And Pollux can generate these like psychic weapons. And she like these psychic uh, ninja stars and stuff. Betsy Homage. Always. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Always. Pretty much. And uh, Cable is talking to his dad about like how he, he is feeling like kind of trapped or whatever. And you basically learn that he wants to... I think he's probably going to end up going back to his own time line at the end of this. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going I won't spoil the ending here, but you see some stuff that happens in like a future. I think it's the future, um, but I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be young Cable grown up or older Cable. I don't know. I got confused towards the end because of all the clones, but I'm going to write it out to see if it's like the end of Cable, basically, because I okay. do think young cable is going to go back to his own timeline because he feels as though his main mission was just to come back in time and stop his older self from not doing what he was supposed to do which was correcting the timeline you know okay um so he like brought he came back defeated his older self and Mm -hmm. sent the original five back to their original timeline so that Mm -hmm. everything mixed he feels like his mission is done and they need to resurrect the older cable but We'll see what else end up happening in the next issue. Okay. Um, my question is about the Iraqi mutants. How did they look? How did like did they have very nice designs? Like I think about Exosaurs and how it introduced the, all these new mutants. They had like these really intricate armored looks and just like mm-hmm. great. What were these two giving? Uh, I would say they were giving. They were noticeably Iraqi mutants versus okay. just regular mutants. They had like uh, the one character caster her. I thought her scars on her face, or not necessarily scars, but like tattoos or whatever on her face, they looked almost like apocalypses, and that was kind of cool. Um, I thought that okay. I don't know if they, they, you know, like how he is in Morocco right now. They were just kind of like, you know, doing some kind of touch on that, and the other one looked kind of cool too. So they they noticeably looked like they were from Morocco. Okay. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm ready. So, that. that's, that's like the most exciting thing for me. I want a lot more of those mutants. Yeah, I thought actually that was the coolest part of the issue <laughs> was the two of them kind of <laughs> popping up because, um, like I said, I, I am I wanted to drop the book, but <laughs> but I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep going because it's got like one more issue. So we'll see how it all ends. Okay. All right. Who would you next, rate it? Um, 
Uh, mm, uh, three out of five. Okay, that's uh, fair. Three out of five. It was a solid issue. The, the oh. new Iraq of was were really cool, and I do. I am interested to see um, if he goes back to his own time. I don't like time travel stories okay. <laughs> at all, but I do appreciate the ones that like have a, a resolution at the end where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going back to my own time. I'm done now, and that whole time travel stuff is done. So. If we can get that, then cool. But if this opens up more time stuff, <laughs> this is going to be a, a waste of time. <laughs> I'm definitely out. Um, okay, next up is a New Mutants number 17 by Vita Ayala and Rod Reese. And you are reading yes, New Mutants. Yes, I am. Okay. I think, that, I think this issue picked up a lot from the last ones. I do think that Vita is still playing with a lot of uh, plots. And I feel like every time you kind of start to get invested in one, you switch over to the other, whether it's Danny and Karma fighting in the other world, whether it's whatever going on with the younger mutants and the Shadow King. Um, there's just like a lot happening. But I do enjoy this book a lot. Okay, I also agree with that. I feel like this issue was better than the last as far mm-hmm. as um, the multiple stories all going on at once thing uh the last issue had a lot of those where it didn't really hit for me whereas this one i felt like the few that were focused on in this one at least kind of came together really nicely mm-hmm. i actually really enjoyed the entire mission that happened in other world with danny and a uh, karma that was really good uh the i thought the art was great as well and uh i also loved the resolution that happened in it the thing mm-hmm. i'm noticing about um Danny is she's kind of similar to Jean in that they lead with compassion and tell me if I'm wrong here because <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening I'm, I'm listening I'm tell me if I'm wrong here but does she always like force her compassion onto people the, the way Jean is like you know what I mean yeah. Where she ran after this this boy in Araco or whatever, and it was like, no, let's take you back or whatever, instead of instantly just listening to him and realizing that he was in a better place. Um, so I was actually going to say that about the issue. I don't actually care for Vita's interpretation of Danny. I think it's like, <laughs> um, I think that while uh, Vita has a really good handle on a lot of character voices, I don't feel like the voice they have for Danny is like one that really fits. I, I don't know. Maybe we could say that this is a m- mature version of Danny and that it's a version of her that's kind of grown and she's trying just to do something a different way. But like the Danny who I've read beforehand, it doesn't really fit in line with that. Again, I agree that she's a person who leads with passion. Um, and she really leads with her heart and things like that. But Danny is also like very smart, very tactical. She's a warrior. Like she, if you think about in the early issues of New Mutants when they were with the Star Jammers and they were watching Ileana and um, Rosa yeah. fight, and she's like, no, I'm like want to pay attention to this battle. Like she's very hard in that way. I do think that Vita's Danny is a little too motherly, yes, like, sweet and motherly to the point where it's like. She's like, <laughs> she wants knocked blindfold up the head with a shotgun. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, it was young X-Men, so I don't know if you want to count that either. But like, you know, Danny's just not really like that, a super, super soft person. I even think about when Rosenberg was writing Uncanny and he had Danny and Scott kind of have a talk together. She's like, 
it was a part where she was compassionate. She was showing that she cared, but it was also still like a kick in the ass. Like, get up. Yeah. You're not. Your life isn't that bad. So yeah. that's the only thing I'm still kind of not sold on. Okay, that's why I was gonna ask because she seems very compassionate in this, and I I felt like that was her. Um, but I wasn't sure if this was like oh being overly done compared to who she actually is. Um, still a great issue. I really enjoyed yeah. the reasoning that uh, the Josh kid explained why he did want to stay, you know, and how he talked about he was from Jersey. So he was like, you know, I've been mm. around a shit before. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and he talked about how like when his mutation activated, he was the reason why there was that whole, the town thought there was a ghost or a monster running around and stuff. And I'm sure that's hard to deal with where you go in the other world. And he's like, I feel the same. Also love the way that they talked about dealing with resurrection now. And how he was like, I think it's okay that I can die here. Um, yeah. I don't need to be able to live forever. And um, I also love the fact that they're just like still in the other world. And that we're continuing that and the mutants are in there and exploring and we're getting more connection to that. I'm really excited because mutants obviously occupy other world right now. And Avalon, Sevalith, and wherever Pestilence and the other one we're living and ruling. So I just love it. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is some great. This is some great stuff. Um, what would you rate this? I rate it three point. Mm, yeah, three point five out of five. Um, okay. Again, I, I, the art obviously like blows it out. Like Rice doing Otherworld, like I kind of wanted on Excalibur. <laughs> um, <'cause> yeah. Just, <laughs> just looks yeah. Fantastic, and it's like exactly what you'd expect for the world. Um, the costumes great. Again, I think a lot of the character voices are nice. It's just the way that Vita writes Danny. It's kind of just clicking it down for me because Danny is so important to the book right now. And again, I do think that because there are so many plot lines happening in the book, that it's kind of hard to get like really attached to one. Like I said, I was really loving all the stuff with like Anol and Rainboy and what they were doing. And then we would jump over to something with like Gabby. And I completely actually forgot that Gabby was a part of the book. <laughs> and so we went back oh, to that story. Oh, speaking of that scene though, I do think that that felt weird. That was actually yeah. the one scene in it that I didn't really like because I felt like that conversation should have been switched um, between Danny and I'm sorry, between Scout and Anole. I felt like Anole should have been the one telling her about, like, you know, no, yeah. except, like, no, like, be better with your body or whatever. And while he was, like, st- it felt like he was still dealing with his own body and being, like, you know, a lizard or whatever and people ostracizing him for it when I thought he already got over that. Like, <laughs> he, he isn't a new character. Yeah, oh. You know, that's why I said 3.5. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I think it, I'm going to give it a 3. A 3 out of 5 okay. for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Up next is Shadow Man number 1 by Cullen Bunn and John Davis Hunt. Okay. So I read this. Um, I have never read anything with Shadow Man before. This is actually a Valiant book, so it's not one of the big two. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've been, like, really trying to push myself to go into, like, some other studios, Boom, Valiant, like, get those books and try them out a lot more often. So Shadow Man is, like, a voodoo, magical type of character in the Valiant right. universe. Black guy. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff yeah. from him. <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, I've never actually read anything with him in it. So this was, like, completely new to me. But Cullen Bunn is, I think, a pretty solid writer, and he writes horror stuff a lot. And so he was kind of saying, take like a horror mystic approach. And again, 
look at who you're talking to. You right. Know? Yeah. So, <laughs> right up your uh, <laughs> And then John Davis Hunt, I think, has amazing art. And I picked up some of it. I saw some preview pages. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try it out. So I tried it out. I think it's a good issue. Again, I, I, I don't really know how to talk too much into it because, again, okay. I'm not very familiar with Shadow Man in general outside of what I just told you. <laughs> but I, <laughs> um, I think it's a pretty good starting out issue. Like, you learn kind of who the character is. Um, I don't really know the history of, like, the villains and the people he's fighting and stuff like that. But I will say if it is something that you're into, you want to read a book about a black guy, if you're into mysticism, if you're into voodoo, the art is great. John Davis Hunt is fantastic. There's a lot of really nice action sequences in it. It feels kinetic. It's fluid. Um, again, you got like some horror, mystical, cult stuff going on. It's pretty interesting. I would recommend it. 3.5 out of 5? No, 3... Mm, yeah, 3.5 out of 5. I'm giving a lot of 3.5s today. A lot, a lot of <laughs> but, um, yeah, 3.5 out of 5. And again, I only say that I only put it so low because I'm just not super familiar with Shadow Man in general. And like okay. what goes on because there's obviously some stuff that references like his past and okay. other villains he's faced and i'm like i don't know what's going on but i'm into it so as, <laughs> as I'm, I'm pretty sure as the book progresses i like and i get a little bit more familiar i'm be like oh yeah this is a four this is a five it's hot it's all right i'm with it all right um, but for right now it's a good jumping on it's a good number one issue solid sure. first issue yes okay that's good to hear then um all right Next up is Beta Ray Bill number two by uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Ooh, this was good. So, okay. You know, I never I knew you were such a big Beta Ray uh, Bill fan. I knew you loved like Thor and Asgard and all of them, but I know you were such a big Beta Ray Bill fan. So Beta Ray Bill was like, I so before I like finally came to terms with the fact that I actually enjoy Thor, I was always like, I like Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and so. This was uh, this is a really good so um Dan Warren Johnson he actually is writing and drawing this issue and he has colors from Mike Spicer on it and so it's just following Bill he basically his hammer to turn him back into his humanoid form was broken by Thor and so he's now currently on a journey to find Odin so he can get another hammer so he can go back because in the first issue him and Sif was about to get down and dirty and then she was like yeah, oh are you yeah. gonna turn back to human and he was like I can't and she was like oh. And so, <laughs> so then he left. Um, and so we get Scourge, the executioner, who is actually dead right now, but he gets a pass from the Valkyries to like come back temporarily because he wants to be Bill's wingman. Um, which is like it's, it's like a really cute scene. Like Bill's like kind of, and he's got on like this T-shirt and his jeans. His arms are popping, and he's got hat. He looks good. I'm like, come on. I was like, Sif playing horse face or not? <laughs> um, but you know he's sitting there and then like Scourge pops up and he's like oh he's like you know I'm a, I was a spirit walking around Asgard and I saw you get rejected by Sith and I felt bad for you so I want to come <laughs> on this journey and be your wingman to like help you find whatever and then we find out that Pip the Troll has actually stowed away on his uh ship also to come along on the tr- uh, trip with him and so we find Odin he's like in some bar across the galaxy and uh, they get into this huge bar fight and he comes and breaks it up. And so Bill's telling him, he's like, you know, I want you to make me another hammer so I can t- look human again. And Odin's like, I don't have that kind of power anymore. He's like, I'm an old god. I'm not king of Asgard. Like, I gave all that to Thor. This is not my problem. I can't help you. But he tells him that, <laughs> but he basically tells him yeah. he can find something that has similar power. And it's 
um, you know, Sertor, the one who, yeah, like, destroyed yeah, yeah, that yeah, car, yeah. it's in his original, like, home world. So he's, oh, like, basically... Ain't that in hell or something? Exactly. So he's, like, <laughs> there's something there that I get help right? you... I got that wrong. This is something like that. It's not even <laughs> It's a bad place. There's lots of bad things there. Um, but he's, like, you know, <laughs> there's a sword there that basically will have enough power to turn you back to human. You just have to go and get it. And Bill's, like, all right, whatever. So they go, they get there, um, and then basically, oh, so then, like, as they're going through this portal, like, something starts happening to Bill's ship, Scuttlebutt. And so for those who don't know, Scuttlebutt is, like, Bill's humanoid kind of ship. He talks to it as his friend. It's very important to him. And when they do that, basically the field of the, the energy of the, the universe does something, and it gives Scuttlebutt, like, a robot form. Oh, okay. So it's, like, fine. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's, fine. A great, it's a great beta uh, great beta ray bill story. If you like gotcha. him, this is kind of again, this is kind of like him dealing with his own issues with his body, his face, where he stands in Asgard, because Thor made him the master of war, but he still feels like very inadequate to Thor and it's like every time he tries to do something, here comes Thor still save the day. He doesn't have a hammer, Sif doesn't want him. He's sad. And he's just trying to be happy again. It's great. <laughs> you know what? And sometimes a sword could do that for you, make you happy. It'll be kind of cool. Do you think he's gonna get like a sword instead of a hammer? I think no. I think he'll get a new hammer. Oh, you think so? Yeah, he'll definitely probably get a new hammer. It's, it's you know those Thor boys, they gotta have a hammer. They can get have a war axe or like a sword every now and again, but it's like you gotta give them some type of hammer. It's that thing. Yeah, they love swinging that hammer around. Um. So what would you rate it? Four out of five. Oh, okay. Super, um, I, I really like again. I think it helps that the guy's like writing and drawing this, so I feel like everything is coming out exactly how he wants it to look. And like the fight, the fight scenes that they get into in the bar, are, like fun. Scourge is pretty fun. He's really just like, I'm your wingman. I'm just here to help you. I don't care. Pip the troll kind of comes into it because he realizes that Bill is having issues with his own appearance, and so he's like, I'm a troll. You think I don't want to look different on the outside too? Like I know what you're going through. So it's All like right. it's a nice little emotional beats that are happening. It's a fun little story. Okay. Shout out to them. Go ahead and pick that up, y'all, if you're into Beta Red Bill. Please. Um. All right. Up next is Action Comics number uh, 1030. Damn, I didn't know this is so high. <laughs> um, you know, 1030. <laughs> 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 Action Comics 1030 by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Daniel Semperi. So you didn't. You're not. You're not reading this right. No, it's Superman. <laughs> so you know, I picked this up. I picked it up for the Midnight of Backup from yeah. Becky Clinton. Uh, which let me talk about that really quick. So the Midnighter backup is happening. Have you ever seen the movie Upgrade? Mm-mm. So there's this movie called Upgrade where this guy he basically gets this implant um, because he's in an accident and the implant helps with all of his uh, body functions and he can like move and do all the stuff. But then the implant becomes self-aware or it is self-aware and it's like actually taking control of his body and like helping him fight really well and do all of these things. Midnighter has always had a supercomputer in his brain. Right. I had to go back to Future State so I could read those Midnighter backups to actually remember what was going on. So in those, in the Future State universe, there was a version of Midnighter. His supercomputer had broken. And there was this guy who was like this tech genius. He had basically created a poisonous version of Kryptonite. And he was going to use it to 
kill the world because what else do supervillains want to do but destroy the world? Um, there was, speaking of time travel, <laughs> we find out <laughs> that the Moon Knight from the present contacted the Moon Knight from the future with the new version of the supercomputer. Midnighter. Yes, Midnighter. What did I say? Moon Knighter? Moon Knighter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, Midnighter. He gets this uh, super. So the Midnighter of future state comes to the present, and the Midnighter who was in the present gets stuck in the future. And so basically, the, midnight, the Midnighter from the future came to the present with the technology of the guy who created the future kryptonite okay gotcha. he was like a genius so he was able to use his technology and implant it into himself to be his new supercomputer however when he did that the villain is still like self-aware so he's talking to midnighter through the implant throughout the entire issues of the backup in action comics oh that's kind of so, cool so what has to happen is because when I went back and read the future state issues, I realized that this is they're in a time right now. Okay. So the Midnighter who's currently in our present is going to have to again do all of this, or he has to figure out a way to close the time loop so this doesn't keep happening. Um, and a part of what he's figured out he needs to do is he needs to kill the villain in the present. And in the present, he's just like some tech billionaire. He's basically like Elon Musk. <laughs> and pretty much and so okay. <laughs> his goal is like, he's like okay I'm going to go and kill you now before like we get to the future of you trying to be like this crazy person melting the earth mm. and that's what's going on with Midnight it's act- like you said it's actually pretty interesting it is time travel but again it, like you said we're trying to close the loop here so we don't have to keep doing this and that's what okay. makes it work <laughs> um, but I'm, like it, I said, I'm all for closing the time loop, child. Because <laughs> but a lot of what's going on in this backup story actually is affecting what's happening in the main action comic story. So getting to the oh. action action comics 10:30, what had what's going on is we see Superman's training. Um, he's being viewed by Batman and the Atom, and so they're basically telling him that his power levels are dropping and fluctuating. And Ray, uh, Adam is saying that he thinks it's just because of solar flares that are naturally happening in the world. He's like, I don't think this is a big deal. Like, the sun's brighter right now, so you're stronger. It's not blah, blah, blah. Batman's like, no. I think you have a form of, like, uh, uh, poison. Like, mm. like, radiation poisoning in your body due to the fake kryptonite that was found. That was um, the one that Midnight is dealing with. Yeah, and so he's like, you know, if this is something that you need to actually really pay attention to, he's like, you actually might want to start talking to John about joining the Justice League because Batman's also also been looking at John, and he's like, his power levels are increasing, and he's going to be more powerful than probably you or Kara ever are ever were. And so he's like, deal with that. We also get a really nice scene of John and Damien together, and so, you know, they've always been kind of drawn up as friends in the Super Sun. Yeah. Part. And so I will say, I never really uh, read Super Sons because, again, kids. (laughs) (laughs) But reading their dynamic here in this issue was really nice. Um, It was, they're both at very different. I've heard great things about that series. 
Honestly, I, can I didn't read it. it because I'm not trying to do that either, but like <laughs> I've like, heard great things about them. Like after reading this, I can honestly believe it. Like their dynamic was really nice. And of course, they're both in very different places than where they were in the Super Sons book. Like John's a little bit older, Damien's a little bit older. Um, but they have a dynamic that's similar to Bruce and Clark, but it's also like fresh and a little bit more open. There's a lot more trust there. Like Damien obviously knows that something's going on with uh, John, and John tells the story about how in the future there's just this one point in time where Superman stops getting talked about. They think he dies, and they say it happens when a random ship of Kryptonians just show up to Earth one day. At the end of the issue, Superman and John get called to like some big battle that's happening, and what does Superman find? A ship of Kryptonians. And that's where the issue is. Huh. I wonder if they're going to take him to something. Because I doubt they kill Superman. So I think a lot of what's going on in this book and in the backup story is what's going to lead us to that um, Superman and Authority miniseries that's supposed to come out. Oh, okay. I think. I think. That's what I'm crossing my fingers for. Um, Okay. But it just would make sense to me. Like, you're kind of retiring Superman because his power levels are decreasing, so he needs to work with other people. During the Bendis run, he had actually got deputized by the government to kind of be, like, a person who does things a little bit more on the secretive side, but still, like, with good intentions. And then, again, you have, like, the Future State uh, stuff with Midnighter and this new type of kryptonite that's been created. So that's what I think this is going for him. And then they're going to make John Superman. I did see that they probably are going to make John Superman. Not probably they are. He's going to be in his own Superman book, which is great for him. Um, It was probably time to do that anyway. So what would you rate this book? I would read it four out of five. And like, I would read it so highly, especially because of the art. Daniel Semperi's art is like fantastic. Okay. Mm. He's actually um, the one who did the future state Aquaman issues. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really good stuff. And he also did a couple stuff. of issues about Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad. Like, beautiful art. Fantastic mm-hmm. art. I can't remember who does his colors. I want to say it's Jordi Belair, which is like... I mean, yeah. <laughs> queen. Um, right. But yeah, like, really good. And you know, I'm not a Superman guy. Right, like, yeah. You know I I'm not. <laughs> this issue up for the Midnighter, book, Midnighter uh, backup. And it's good. Uh, the villain of the book is also Mongol from Warworld. Oh, okay. He's, I like he's the one. He's like the, the one sending the people to come and destroy Earth and Superman because, you know. That sounds not? right. Mongol loves bees. <laughs> yeah, like John, like John even says that like when they're flying up, um, he says something about like why would Mongol do this or why would he do this and like Superman's like, it's Mongol. What else do you need to know? <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, I'll definitely be interested to see where this all leads because I do think I'm going to get into that uh, authority book. You yeah, know, I'm excited for that. I'm and excited. Yeah, you know I'm always going to be here for Apollo. <laughs> so, uh, next up is Robin Number One by Joshua Williamson and uh, Glub Milkinov. Apologies if I pronounced their last name wrong. And I also picked this issue up. I know you did because uh, there was that cameo in it. Um. <laughs> and I will say that I actually really enjoyed this issue. It was fun. It was fun. Um, I I know it's blasphemous to say, but I like Robin. I mean, and I like Damien. <laughs> like, okay. 
you know, <laughs> I do. I think it's, I think him and Bruce have a fun dynamic, even though he's a murderer. And uh, <laughs> I, I think do, that he's fine. I do like the thing about Damien is that it's very well known that he is going to be Batman one day. Yes. Like, I think with a lot of the other Robins, we kind of, like, go back and forth. Like, is he, will, will they, won't they, blah, blah, blah. Like, everybody knows, like, no, Damien will be Batman. It's, like, not right. even a question about it. But again, and I, I think we talked about this, too, when we talked about the Trinity and retiring them. I think DC is a company that's been really pretty good with, aging their heroes a little bit they're going to get to a point with Damien it's like you can't age him anymore unless you're retiring Bruce right right because him being his biological son like you gotta get older (laughs) yeah sure we can we can have a 26 year old Nightwing walking around with like Batman still kicking like okay that works like we can we can make believe that but like if Damien is 13 now and Bruce is supposed to be maybe like 45 We're going right. to a point and it's just not going to work anymore. So I I'm interested to see a how long that takes, or b just kind of like what, what what they'll do with it. Um, because obviously Damien's a little bit older in this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool. and I think they say in this he's supposed to be like 14 or something like that. Um, but I I don't agree obviously with his. I'm not the same kind of arrogant that Robin is. I just find it interesting that he is like <laughs> he. He knows he's going to be Batman. And yeah. every time he fights somebody, he is like, I'm going to be Batman. You are in my way. And unfortunately, he ends up being proven right every time because he ends up beating the ass. <laughs> and exactly. he, he wins. Exactly. Um, um, how did you feel about like the invitation for this tournament that they're going to have? Oh, I loved it. I think it was cool. Like, the issue like was literally written for me. <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> you know, it, just, it has everything I wanted. I'm digging the Fight Club angle. I'm loving the way that they come into it. The challengers. Again, we saw Connor Hawk, which is just like, yeah, the moments. So <laughs> like the art was fantastic. I think uh, Glee does like, it's kinetic, it's fluid, it's got kind of this cartoony youthfulness to it. Um, but it works. Like the facial expressions are great. Like this issue was, yeah. I, mean, I thought the moment where he had um, Damien reading anime before he was <laughs> uh, going to go back on that boat was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, the art style shift that happened there was really this was really cool to see. Um, I don't know any of the fighters <laughs> in this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think some of them are new. Okay. Like cool. I know I think the character who pops up at the end flatline. Um, yeah. I think she's new. I'm pretty sure she's new. She's supposed to be like Damien's big new nemesis. Um, a couple I of them. Yeah. <laughs> With the way this ended. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I love some of the other ones definitely existed. I, the only one who mattered was Connor Hawk, though. So. I figured that's who you were there for. That's it. Um, and I have a feeling that they're going to have a great like showcase in this series. I'm expecting them to really like fight. And I love an artist who can draw some action and who yeah. can do some fight to do some justice. And like from what already from what we've seen in this first issue, yeah. I mean oh, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. What I'm would you rate in. it? Another four out of five. Yeah, this is getting a four out of five for me too. Yeah. It was it was good. I'm into this. Um, all right. Uh last book of the week is Black Widow number six by Kelly Thompson and Rafael de la Torre. And I again 
I don't know what's going on <laughs> because there was a time where there weren't this many like street level characters on my pull list, and yet here I am. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame you. Welcome to Bethesda. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're having this revelation. It it's, it's. I mean, they be giving. It's been time. And I hope that everyone who's been listening over the last few weeks or months or however long this has been going on, I hope that you are also having this revelation that the street, the street is where you want to be, okay? That's where the heroes are. That's where the action is. That's where the stories reside, okay? Come on down. Come on down. Where the story reside? Where the story reside? You know, for the time being, I'm still gonna stick to the sky. <laughs> but I mean, I do have I, on, say, I do have on a Star Lord shirt right now. True. Outlaw. True. So um, true. But you come up there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're here. You dip up there sometimes. But I will say this Black Widow issue is great. It looks as though um, Natasha is really gonna be setting up her own kind of spot now in San Francisco. Yeah, and the and her Widow Network, which I had never thought about, but like. That's great for her to do, to have, like, uh, this web of widows of all these, like, kick-ass girls who they work together and stuff. I and think I love how it was, uh, I love how, like, Yelena was kind of like, no, this is something we should need to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, Natasha's all like, oh, you know, no, we shouldn't be roping in more girls to this. And Yelena's like, no, uh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> like, no, no, absolutely. She's like, so I'm going to start looking for people. Like, you're the black widow. I'm the white widow. Let's find a blue, red, green. Like, let's keep it moving. <laughs> She's like, let's build out this whole web. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the fill-in artist for this issue. Uh, I will say I kind of... I, I'm sorry, I did prefer Elena Casagrande's art over it. Just the way that she did the action over this one. I think Rob uh, De La Torre did, like, fine with it and get it. But there was, like just the fluidity that Casa Grande had that I kind of missed, but this was a really nice film. Yeah. Um, Natasha's now got her new hairstyle where she's trying to be like Cassie with the side saved. Her <laughs> it's like killing me. I can't. <laughs> Shit, it's something. Um, you know, you got to switch up the style every now and then. And how did you feel about this kind of like newer character that they're probably going to introduce? I assume she's going to be one of a the new widow. Yeah. Um, it was fine. You know, I think yeah. we get like the basic kind of intro. She's a rough girl on the street, kind of trying to make her own way. Probably got a heart of gold, something like that. <laughs> yeah. You just need to save her. So it's like, okay, fine. We'll we'll take it. Uh, I'm ready to see Yelena training. <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's coming. You, I yes. can already see the fight sequence yes. of Yelena training the girls and probably being very hard on them. Right, exactly. That's what I'm here for. So yeah, I mean, I, but um, no, Kelly's killing this book. Yeah, this is great. This this is great, Natasha. And I said, and I'm a black widow. I'm a black widow fan who got a little tired of widow. And I so oh, really? like okay, that happens yeah. sometimes with characters that have been around for a long time. They're so old. Okay? Yeah, it's just like every once in a while, it's like I need a break. Uh, but, and then especially for Widow, Widow was getting a, like a lot of series back to back to back, and everyone was kind of like the same thing, just with a different artist. And I appreciate that. The, <laughs> the government, they distrust her. She's on the run. Somebody's after. Like we know, we get it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, 
So I'm glad that Kelly's kind of like taking us in a different direction from that. And I think that's what we needed again. Yeah. I think she's great at that. Shout out to Kelly Thompson. What would you rate this issue? Four out of five. Same. Same. This is also getting a four out of five. I think I think this may have been my pick of the week. Beta Ray Bill is mine. Okay. Yeah. But I think I, have I mean, yeah. yeah. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I think my pick was Black Widow. Uh, it was great. Um, all right, y'all. Well, uh, that was the comics of the week. Let's go ahead and take a little break. Welcome back. Um, we are here for another panel. And this week, I actually want to talk about something that I know that you're very passionate about, and that's animation. Yes, 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 yes. And so um, we're going to narrow it down, of course. We want to speak a little bit more about Marvel animation in particular, because I was watching the MODOK trailer earlier this week, and I was like, oh, I actually think I want to see this. I was like, it yeah. kind of, like, looks funny. Right. I was like, it looks really interesting. It's got like this little robot chicken style going on. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then I started thinking about the What If animated series that's coming out and like the little things that we've seen of that. And it looks really exciting. But again, like you are the animation expert. So I just want to talk <laughs> about like Marvel animation in general, like where it is right now, where it used to be in some of those cartoons we saw beforehand, where you kind of hope it goes, what you think of it, all of that. Let's get into it. Yeah. So like, you know, like you said, I love animation. I think it's my favorite form of like to get engaged with media and stuff like that, especially superhero content. Um, I think I prefer animation just because it's literally limitless. The budget constraints aren't nearly as big, (laughs) you know, and what the actor can do is much more extensive than what they can do in in like a live action thing because you just got to draw it, you know? Um, And Marvel animation in particular has been something (laughs) else. Um, I think a lot of it has been bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of it has been bad. There have been some bright spots over the course of like the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years that they've been putting stuff out. But for the most part, I think that it's been kind of bad. And I think maybe it could be because of the time that it was being made, because there hasn't been a lot of recent stuff that they've been putting out. Um, I know that um, Disney kind of went through a restructuring two years ago, I think, and their whole animation team was, like, fired. (laughs) And um, they, like, restructured all of that because they bring it all like in-house I think and they were trying to have everything under like a different department and everything like that so um they've been restructuring a lot of their stuff in-house but I thought that when they finished that that they would be like all right we fixed the way we're going to do this stuff now we're really going to start pushing the streaming service with Disney plus let's start firing and all cylinders with our animation because Disney was like a pioneer with animation, yeah. stuff like that. They 
fun fact, they spent a million dollars on a Snow White, and that was oh. in uh, 1937. Like in the 30s? <laughs> yeah, like they spent a million dollars on it during like the depression. <laughs> when you're hot. <laughs> and um, I think back then, and still kind of to this day, that film is like looked at as like a big marvel in animation because they spent that much money to have that many keyframes. That's why the animation for that back then looked very fluid compared to the things that were done around them because they hired a lot of animators to animate that and get that done. So they were like very about putting the money behind animation to get things done and kind of innovate with that. But they haven't in a while. They've kind of, I think they've shifted towards Pixar being that route that they do ever since they kind of bought Pixar, they've kind of really pushed Pixar and that style of animation is kind of what they are really going towards. But their 2d animation has kind of been lacking to say the least, especially their superhero stuff. Um, I think my, I think my first, my first introduction to, you know, Marvel animation, I think like everybody was that X-Men animated series in like 1992 (laughs) or whenever everybody knows that (laughs) right a classic you know um and i also it's a horrible cartoon (laughs) (laughs) like it has not aged well at all like i think like for us in our younger years it was fantastic it was great like if you have ever gone back to watch that show to this day it has aged hard I, i can't (laughs) <laughs> i try but i can't it's just it's not it's not good and um when you watch it you realize the kind of flaws that they have in it they reuse a lot of scenes <laughs> and um you notice and i think this just just it may speak to the time because i think you know with shows like invincible you can get away with a lot more now but like if you notice back on then um, Wolverine only fought robots or he was taken out very quickly because he couldn't use his claws against people in this show. So, like, a lot of people end up being nerfed because of that. Obviously, we see what they do with Gene <laughs> in that. Tripping over that it's iconic. Yeah, honestly, it's iconic. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely say that it's something. Um, something that's kind of stuck with her longer than it should have. And um, I think that, so those 90s shows were, were kind of my first introduction to that kind of stuff, but um, the stuff that came out in like the early 2000s was what I was actually really starting to get into. They kind of really ramped up with the animation. That's when we got started to get X-Men Evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that was a good X-Men cartoon. That was guys, fantastic. Um, the Fantastic Four, uh, World's Greatest Heroes. I wasn't the biggest fan of the animation and the character designs on that show but i did like the the characterization and the way that the stories kind of ran um i just wasn't that big in the animation there but i think those early 2000s shows kind of really picked up but then it was kind of quiet for them <laughs> after that um so yeah the marvel animation isn't hasn't been the best do you think that because, you know, obviously, you can't really have a conversation about Marvel animation without at least talking about DC a little bit, who's been very successful in a lot of their animated series. Do you think that it maybe has something to do with the stories of why the Marvel cartoons haven't picked up as well? Like, do you think DC stories just adapt better to that type of setting? 
Oh, no. Because I think, like, um, Inferno, X-Men's mm-hmm. Inferno, would make a fantastic animated, uh, like, arc of a, mm-hmm. a series. Then. Or a bunch of the Avengers runs. I talk about it before, but I'd love to see Operation Galactic Storm in live action. But it would also make a fantastic animated series. Probably even better then, because you can really go as far as you can with it and, and really show you know, things exploding and all the different aliens and stuff and going back and all the heroes and the clashes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know. I think that like they kind of started to die out because of the profits behind them. Mm-hmm. Really. Um, a lot of animated shows bank on like merchandising afterwards yeah. to really yeah. help them. Um, at least back in the 90s anyway. I feel like with DC... They've been consistently good and just putting the content out there, and they know they're gonna get be good because Batman probably gonna be in it, and he sell toys, yeah. so it's fine. Hey, <laughs> never go. Like we always complain about Batman, but he brings the money. Like, he bringing the money, so so he's always gonna be there for that merchandising. I don't know how well the merchandising for Marvel kind of was with those shows and why they ended up dying out that way. Um, I think that. As they started to get bought by uh, Disney, mm-hmm. that merchandising power really became important for them. So that's when they started to shift towards more like the Avengers Assemble TV show and stuff like that, where they were really like a brand then yeah. that were pushing it. Because I will say, I've never really watched any of that Avengers Assemble yeah. TV show. And I think it's got like five or six seasons. And I know for a fact that while I was pumping through Target for a while, you could see those toys everywhere. <laughs> like, uh, the, those action figures of those characters in those designs were yeah. always sold out, like, <laughs> flung around the stores. So <laughs> I think, like, from a merchandising standpoint, they started to shift towards that, which unfortunately didn't necessarily cause for or call for fantastic animated shows because you just got to yeah. put the show out there to sell the toy. Yeah, absolutely. Do you? Th- so, I mean, because like you say, even the Marvel's Avengers show, I never really paid attention to that as well. Do you think because of maybe like the popularity of the Avengers in live action, that as we go into the future, people may not even want to see them in animation anymore, and they might like focus strictly on the X Men or some other type of property there? Or do you think they should just kind of like go full force and milk it all? You say I think they should go full force and milk it all. Because personally, I would prefer an animated movie over a live action one of okay. a superhero of a superhero storyline, just because, like I said, you could just do more with it. Not to say I wouldn't take the live action. I'm gonna go see that too. But but like, <laughs> you could just get away with a lot more. Um, I also just feel like, I don't know. I really I really just feel like the they could really fire on all cylinders and. And kind of show more because if you're looking at the MCU, right, they yeah. started the MCU before they even got the rights back to the X-Men and everything like that. So they were never really able to fully show everything the way that we probably known them to be in the comics. And I personally feel like at this point, um, Marvel, as well as DC, they've kind of already done it because they've had a bunch of animated content. But yeah. I think Marvel and DC could kind of go the the manga anime route with this stuff where there is a 
a, a like a, a an animated series going along with the comic. You know what I mean? Like oh okay yeah yeah yeah. With manga, there's like a I don't know how many volumes of stuff, and <clears throat> there's an anime that pretty much just adapts that and yeah. and does all of that. I think it's totally something doable that they should start doing in comics. That you have all these comics that you've been putting out for 75 years, you can easily start doing a animated like run of this stuff. That would actually be really nice. I'd definitely be into that. Um, do you have so? Do you have favorite Marvel animated projects? Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, <laughs> 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 no. I mean, because you said a lot of it's bad. <laughs> so, do you, do you, do you yeah. have? So, I mean, obviously, X Men Evolution is, is like up there. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, again, I never. Best and I think. I think a, another thing with me in like Marvel animation is I feel like so much of it kind of passes me by. When I think of like that Fantastic Four show, the Avengers Assemble cartoon, um, wasn't there also like an Incredible Hulk show or something like that? Well, yeah, yeah, there was one. Yeah. Yeah, like they always feel like blips, or I feel like it happened, and I found out years later. Yeah, I also I think that is because of the way that they were kind of marketing those shows. A lot of those shows that came out in like the 2010s, like mm-hmm. that Avengers Assemble, that Incredible Hulk. Um, there was also, I think, like a Black Panther kind of run that they were doing in oh. um, Avengers Assemble and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That was all marketed on Disney or Disney XD. And a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people, A, have those channels and B, we too old <laughs> for those. And they were marketing those towards the people who were going to buy the action figure and at Target. So um, I think the best, one of the best shows they've put out was Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I think that was a really great um, cartoon that they've had. And that felt like there were some long, like the long form storytelling that they were doing with that. Like the episodes were continuous. There was a beginning and end. And um, I think I think that was a really great show, but I think for a lot of it was outside of that, X-Men Evolution also did like Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, so you know, but, I actually didn't like that cartoon. Really? Why? <laughs> I was not into it at all. And I like try I've watched it multiple times. They've even gone back on Disney Plus and watched it a few times. I don't know. It's um It's not right. I, I just it's not great. It, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's just it just didn't do it for me. I, I I don't think I liked a lot of the liberty. And, you know, I, I don't really need my adaptations to be straight from the book, like, line by line. I don't mind something to change. But I didn't like a lot of the changes that were made to it. Um, I did not like... I just Betsy. didn't like it. I didn't like the character designs. I don't even remember, the like, the Betsy thing. I didn't even care. <laughs> honestly. Um, I mean, it was embarrassing, but, <laughs> you know, it's like, whatever. She was the villain of the story. Of course, she was going to get an embarrassing. Right, right. Um, that makes sense. But, uh, I, yeah, I just, I never, I didn't like the character designs. I didn't like the way the story played out. I didn't like, I just I didn't, didn't like, like I, you know, I did, I liked the uh, special effects for the powers and stuff that they were doing. I did like that. Um, I always appreciate in any kind of animated thing with Storm when they show her flying and they actually show like wind around her. <laughs> um, and that's what she's using to like support herself in the air. I'll yeah. always appreciate that. Um, but I wasn't super sold on a lot of the designs. 
on the. It just, okay. I don't know. I just uh, maybe uh, maybe I'll try and watch it again and see if my opinion changes. But I remember. And, like, I also don't know if you can really sell a show on Wolverine. It felt like Wolverine and the X Men. It didn't feel like an yes. X Men. Maybe that's also, <laughs> and it's like you yeah. know I said this is a person who loves Wolverine like all the Wolverine all the time. But it's like if you're gonna again, it was a Wolverine story featuring the X Men. It's like okay, this is not what I wanted to watch right now. If you want to just give me a Wolverine story, just tell me you give me a Wolverine story. I'll gladly watch it. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got a lot to me. Uh, so that's what it was. Yeah, I feel they the did, I did like um, I did like the way they had like their little House of M with like Magneto, Polaris, Wanda, Quicksilver, like being a family. I like seeing that House of M as a family, even though you know Wanda I ain't just... always on there. Who are you but... telling? <laughs> but the M, I think is like a great thing. Yeah, I do, and I don't know. I've been looking at a lot of those appearances lately, or not like appearances, but the name drops of the Pretender, and I get the feeling they're gonna make her, like, establish her being Magneto's daughter, but like his human daughter, um, and maybe redoing and bringing back the House of M as like a whole family or something. But we'll see. It could be an interesting dynamic of why he, you know, I think was focused on his daughter who was a human. <laughs> when it comes to like Wanda and Magneto and that whole situation for me, at this point, I'm kind of just like, if you're gonna do it, do it. Either like, <laughs> yeah. if you're not, I'm yeah, I'm kind of over it now. <laughs> it's like she either the daughter or she ain't. Let's let's move on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did like her appearances. She's actually had a lot of appearance in this appearances in these animated shows. Um, oh, really? She's been in pretty much most of them. There were even that there, there was that one random um, Avengers show from the '90s that had her and the, the really bad designs that was canceled <laughs> after one season. I think Hawkeye was based off of, like West Coast Avengers, and mm-hmm. he was in that. With like a weird accent. Um, she, she was, she was in the '90s X-Men cartoon. She's pretty much been, I think, in most, in most things that have been related to the X-Men, okay. which is wild. Wanda, the A-lister, the A-list X-Man. <laughs> this brings chaos, so adds a little something to the story. Um, I would love it if they actually did start to do more stuff with animation and really do it and push it the way that I think that it could be. I think, obviously, the X-Men would be great. Um, I think all of the major properties at Marvel could be, like, their own animated series for, I don't know, six, seven seasons of something, easily. Is is there any that you feel as though should only be animation? Like, you don't think it would translate well to live action? Oh, that's a good good question. Um, Like, I personally think, I don't think we should ever see a live-action Ghost Rider again. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, why not? He was on that Hulu, uh, I mean, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a great show. Um, but I do not think he's a character that we need to see in live-action. In live-action. He probably could stay animated, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's, I, don't, I would have to think about that one. But I can't think of, I would probably say any of the, like, bigger, 
like crazier looking characters they should keep to animation um like the supreme intelligence kind of thing mm. from the I'm glad they kind of made it like a oh this is what you see when you are talking to it instead of that like <laughs> that looked like um Zordon <laughs> although I would have liked to see that <laughs> see? <laughs> I would have I would have I'm not gonna lie <laughs> see I don't know I don't know I feel like probably for me probably any of the like bigger outlandish kind of characters would be looking in do you have any hopes and dreams right now of like what you're going to see on either the Modoc show or um, the What If animated series? Well, you're going to call me out on this, but I already know that Wonder Man is going to be in the Modoc <laughs> show. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll be tuning in. I, I, you know, what we should actually do is make that like a drinking game. <laughs> Anytime you mention Wonder Man, we have to take a shot, okay? Okay. <laughs> that's that's going to be a thing. <laughs> okay. Everybody listening, like, y'all get to participate, too. Get yourself yeah. a drink. <laughs> and if I, if I name drop Wonder Man, take a shot. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'm going to tune into that. I get, Like you said in the earlier, it's giving, like, robot chicken kind of Marvel mm-hmm. thing. So I'm going to check that out. I think that'll be really funny. I... I'm not super excited for the What If show. I think it looks cool, um, but there are, there aren't any of the the like promoted stuff that they've been doing so far with it. Is like what we can see with like Black Panther becoming Star Lord and stuff like that. Some of the What If premises, I'm like, not. I don't really care <laughs> about. What if What but If I'm, is like a very it's an it's a niche. Like you have to yeah. be like, okay. Yeah, I want to see Black Panther Star Lord. Like, I do not want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't. I'll check it out to see, obviously, because, like, I'll stream it, but I don't really need to see that. I think it's wild to me that you would think that there would be more on the horizon from their animation, um, but there isn't. I really um, expected it, to see an uptick in animation um, when we hit, like, the pandemic when we got full force of that, I was just expecting that that's kind of where studios and like a lot of companies would be. It's like, okay, let's start funneling this money into these animations so we can start getting that out. So I was actually really shocked when that didn't happen. Yeah, you would, especially from these bigger like companies, you would think that that would really happen. However, I do know that, um, I know we're talking about Marvel, but I know that Young Justice season four has been like underway with production and stuff and, um, and getting finished. I want to say they said that they were done Okay, there's also a little um, Aquaman animated series that's going to come out that's supposed to be like an in-between of the first movie and the second movie, but it doesn't make sense because the design of that Aquaman doesn't look anything like Jason Momoa, unless they're giving him green hair in the sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they're cutting it and giving him green hair. But, like, the animation, I I like it. It's got kind of like a... What's that style? It's like Steven Universe... um, Thundercats roar headed. Oh, it's like calisthenics um, or something like that. I can't think. Of, what's the What's the show with the blue bird and the squirrel? Yes, that show. Oh. I, I can't think of the name of that show, but like that kind of stuff. <laughs> the regular show. Yes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of like in that style. So it was I, apparently a lot of people don't like that style, or they've been turned off from it. 
I had no idea. I think it's Mine did. If it's, I usually like it if it's used in a comedic. It makes me think that they're going to be taking it in a comedic. So like, yeah. So it's be funny. Um, that's what it looks like. So I'm excited for that. I thought it looked great. Hmm. And even that's DC has definitely been doing more with their stuff. They got the Harley Quinn animated series, which yeah. is actually amazing. <laughs> if you've never seen it, please watch it. Like amazing. Yeah. It's actually like the best Harley Quinn I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching it and I was like, it made me come away from it and actually be into the Harley Quinn Poison Ivy relationship. Yes. Before, which I had never I, been into it before. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to come back and do a DC uh, animation mm-hmm. panel. Um, yeah, because but... I got some things to say about them. Ooh, ciao. <laughs> <laughs> I got some. I got thoughts. Um, more thoughts, obviously, because they've just done more with their stuff than Marvel. I will say that Marvel has done some decent animated movies back in the day, in like that early 2000s. Um, that Doctor Strange movie was actually pretty good. Because okay. um, they used to have like a lot of, um, it was like visual, uh, like comics that I remember they used to put out, which was basically like you read yeah. comics at cartoon. I remember when they were doing those. That was supposed to be hot. Yeah, they did that for the um, Morrison's X Men. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this, the, the Doctor Strange animated movie was good. Um, I thought the animation in that was great. I thought that was actually what the movie was just gonna follow. Um. And it was also more like kind of violent than I thought it was going to be for a Marvel thing. Um, so if y'all haven't saw that, definitely check that out, especially if you're into magic. Um, the Hulk's um, Planet Hulk movie was also good. Um, okay. Yeah, that was pretty good and accurate. And again, that had some more like violent stuff in it than I thought it would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that those were going to kind of keep going, but they they just didn't. They tried to do one with Thor, which I thought that one was decent. You should probably check that one out. Because I think Enchantress is in. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'd have to rewatch that one, but I think Enchantress is in it. And it's all it shows like Loki and Thor back in the day, like when they were kids and, mm-hmm. and all of them link up and stuff. Um so they were trying to do some movies and put that stuff out, but those never took off. I know that they had the Avengers, like the kids from the future. Movie. And I remember that one. The um, cause like Storm and Black Panther had a son. In that yes. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Again, I I don't think that just ever really took off. I think those toys sold though. And and, and that's what I was saying. It's like I've always just wondered if it's just a thing where it's like maybe Marvel stories don't translate well to animation because they keep putting it out, but it's just like not hitting. But then again, when you think about DC animation, and how many times have we seen the Big Seven in a movie? Doing it. How many times have we seen them fight Dark Side? Okay. Like, I mean, you are not a liar. You know, uh, so it, it's, it's just always been very interesting to me in the way that those two work and how one has kind of like just jumped and the other's kind of like trickled. But even so, DC animation also has kind of taken its own little dive in terms of story, at least. We're going to come back and talk about Apocalypse. Yeah, definitely sure. have to come back. <laughs> We're going to talk about that one day for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not over it. <laughs> not. Um, but, um, I, yeah, so. I, I know that they also tried to do anime for a bit, too. But again, those just also didn't really. I remember mix. the X-Men anime. It was, <laughs> it, 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 it didn't mix. No, no. 
So I don't know. I think that I hope Marvel would actually try to get back into the animation game, but they've been winning <laughs> in live action. So it's like, hey, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Let's hope for the best. I would like to get my little Captain Britain cartoon one day. <laughs> <Let's> see. <laughs> okay. Have <laughs> them flying around. That's that's the dream for the go. Um, but that's our panel for the day. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back. Speaking of animation, we have a rewatch, Invincibles. Yeah. <laughs> finale, lots of time packed. Let's do it. All right, yes, yes, yes. We are back. Welcome back, everybody, for another rewatch. This time we are going to be doing uh, episodes six, seven, and eight of Invincible. Yes. And, um, <laughs> wow. Wow. What a show. <laughs> what a show. Um, and first of all, before we even get to it, shout out to it because it's already been renewed for seasons two and three. That they have hey, two and three. Quality. Yeah. Quality. I was afraid that it wasn't going... I knew that it was probably going to get renewed for another season Mm -hmm. um, just because I felt like they had such big names behind this that they wouldn't, like, let it drop on another season. But I was not expecting two and three. Um, (laughs) They they were doing the damn thing. So let's get right on into it. Um, Let's do, like, a a breakdown before we get to that crazy finale. So up first was episode six. Uh, This was called You Look Kind of Dead. And this episode was about, you know, Mark going to high school, I'm sorry, going to college and getting that first college experience and doing all of that. However, there's been some kidnappings that have happened on campus where uh, one of these students who has been kidnapping student people and making them into cyborg people. Um, I I will say that this episode for me was intense a because it really put into perspective like you know that like mad scientist trope you know that they do stuff like this just mm-hmm. how gross it is yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I, like, it's like oh it's kind of this is kind of messed up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this, like this is real bad <laughs> i think it's always like actually kind of interesting when you tend to have those revelations about whatever type of media that you're watching like everybody knows i love action movies and things like that and so I was watching the new Michael B. Jordan film Without Remorse last night. Yeah. And um, they were like having a shootout. And so I'm like watching it, you know, originally in, in the beginning, you think like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But then you kind of start watching. You're just like, oh, they're dead. Like, <laughs> they're, they're like killing people out here. Like, yeah. this is kind of crazy. <laughs> so watching that with the mad scientists and being like and like even having the characters come back and be like oh this is nasty <laughs> like <laughs> like you got like, your body stuff in there this is wild mm-hmm. it's like yeah um, do you watch Rick and Morty oh of course did you catch the cameo of the guy in the beginning was Rick so oh my gosh yeah uh, have that student who's on campus and he's like drunk and burping and um oh, I think wow. his, I think his name. he was like i'm motherfucking chester and just like <laughs> rick would do it uh that was them like 
having a, a homage Shout to Rick. Out to them. Come on. I think it was the same voice actor, too, actually. Um, I have to go back and watch. I didn't recognize the voice for the first time I listened. I knew from the burping. <laughs> I was like, this is Rick. Definitely solid. Definitely solid. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a really cool uh, homage that they did there. Um, so he ends up getting kidnapped, turned into this thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Amber and Mark are being shown on the outs. Um, Amber is like, I don't want to do this with you. Um, Amber, we'll talk. We'll we'll have to talk in depth about that. I mean, but you know, I'll talk about a lot of these characters, but we'll talk about that also. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, because I don't know. I think Amber may have had some valid points, but but she um, did. I so William, Mark's best friend, is going down for the weekend to go see, you know, the man that he, that he met. Man, he was excited, Adi. He was like, yeah. We've all been there. We, we've all been there. <laughs> My man has me out here for the weekend. <laughs> I know, that's right. He gassed up his Prius <laughs> and, drove, and drove right on down. And, you know, Mark wanted to do things right by Amber, so he was like, can they tag along and make it into a trip? And they like go on campus, try to make things cool. They meet up with William's um, boot thing, a tall jock looking guy for him. And William's like trying to impress him, which I think was a really cool showing in this show, how they, um, you know, had a gay character in it and he was allowed to be gay. <laughs> and, but that and it way wasn't he like wasn't. a joke or it wasn't like, yeah, a like, it wasn't a trope or anything. It was just like, no, this is genuinely how it is. And it's just like a normal yeah. thing. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's going to hurt anybody's feelings by showing them just be what he is. He wants yeah. to go date something just like everybody else do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I did find it very funny when, so they get they end up getting attacked by a creature that was created in the beginning. And uh, William ends up discovering his secret identity. And I totally felt like I would have had the same kind of moment. Like, now, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's my friend. Um, And then also to be like, how did I not realize all of this beforehand? Like, it's so obvious. Been in my face the entire time. (laughs) Right. I do think it was funny when he told Invincible, like, oh, my God, you're Invincible. And you didn't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was ironic. That the gay guy was saying that. Like, like how dare you? <laughs> um, that was a cute little not a cute little moment. Um, I so the the episode continues. Mark is trying to make things up with Amber. He feels like he got blown off because while they were getting attacked, of course he does the hero thing. The hero thing. I've got to turn away to become the hero. Then he comes back. However, Amber looks at it like you just left us there, and you know. Where the hell were you? We could have got killed by that thing while you just left. And now, I disagree with her there. I wouldn't have been the kind of girl to be like, <laughs> let me cuss you out for that. Especially um, later on um, when the, when she has a conversation with him, but we'll get there. And so he saves the day. They have a whole conversation later. And William is like, I know that you are invincible. Um, you didn't tell me about it. Turns out uh, William's like boo thing ends up getting grabbed by uh, the that evil scientist and William is like hey Mark like help me out I think something's going on with um, this guy I think he got kidnapped and 
you know, from Mark, the last like, episode, <laughs> Mark isn't really too trusting about taking people's like missions. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, so Mark isn't really trying to do that at all. And Mark goes to the party to go and try to get back Amber, but then he gets another call from William. He's like, fine, I will go over and help him. But, I mean, it kind of was too late. My bad. <laughs> so, like, uh, uh, Mark ends up going down into the sewers, finding the evil doctor. However, um, William's boyfriend has already been changed into like a Rihanna man. And they save the day. Mark ends up breaking Homeboy's jaw <laughs> by swinging his fist. Uh, which looked gruesome. By the way, like yeah. his jaw hanging off like that was <laughs> was wild. And uh yeah, so then the epi- the episode ends with um the other Guardians of the Galaxy were also like kind of dealing with the fallout from the previous episode, and they've been trying to heal a uh, Monster Girl, and um, I can't think of... Uh, Black Samson. Black Samson, yeah. They were trying to heal them up, or whatever. Black Samson looks the guy, his, he got his powers back. Um, good, good for him. Shout out to yeah. that. Yeah. That was a cool, that. cool comic book moment, too. You know? Oh, was it? Yeah, I've heard so I've heard that in the comic book they get a lot deeper into his story and like kind of yeah. who he was and how he was a former guardian. He lost his powers and all that stuff like that. I hope they kind of like touch on that in the next seasons. Yeah, um, I wonder what they're gonna do with a lot of the Guardians of the Galaxy's backstories, or if they're really going to keep them there and just move them forward while they keep trying to focus on Mark. I do like you know I love an ensemble cast, <laughs> so yeah. the more people are involved, I'm all gonna be. I'm going to be all about it. Um, yeah, so they end up healing Monster Girl towards the end. Robot was, like, running all of these, like, side missions and getting Belladonna Root and all that kind of stuff to mm-hmm. to heal her up. And you start to notice just how much he cares for her, which I don't know how I feel about. It's creepy? It's creepy. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, this is kind of creepy. And I was like, and everybody kind of just seems to be going along with it like it's not creepy. Right. Uh, but it's creepy. It's very creepy. Um, so at the end of the episode, we end up seeing that um the Mahler the Mahler twins were growing a robot a, a body for a robot. And mm-hmm. um sorry for anyone who may have gotten spoiled about that. I think I said that on the previous episode. <laughs> so because <laughs> <laughs> I read the comic and I said that earlier, <laughs> so my fault. But yeah, he, he gets his. They see that they're growing him like a new body, and um, Eve is also out like doing her whole humanitarian thing. She's giving Jean Grey, or at least the Jean that people think she is, and um, I think that like she is a very powerful, a little mm-hmm. too powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she was doing some crazy <laughs> things, you know. She kind of she needs to be on the watch list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't do anything. Um, yeah. All in all, I thought this episode was great. Amber and William, I'm sorry, Amber and Mark end up having a conversation, and she tells him, like, I knew that you were invincible. invincible. Like, I, I figured that out weeks ago. And she's like, he's like, well, why are you even mad at me then? Like, why are you tripping? <laughs> and, <laughs> like, oh, because you lied. Like, 
you've been lying to me this whole time. I asked you what you were doing and you were lying. And they just end up breaking up. She's like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And <laughs> she, I feel like she has a valid point, but she tripping. You know, for me, if I were a superhero, I would be like, come on. Like, damn. So I, I get it. They're also teenagers. I get it. That's true. Yeah, that's so true. it's like, I completely understand. But I also feel as though she had to give him, you have to give him some type of leeway in it. Yes, he should have definitely told her that he was invincible. But at the same time, he's not going to tell you on the first date. He got to make sure that you're somebody you can be trusted. In her defense, though, they've been dating for months. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he should have told her. Like, I get it. Like, I totally get it. Like, he definitely should have told her. There was a point, like, I feel like when he missed that dinner with her mom, yeah. That's when that's when he should have been like, okay, look, I need you to understand this is what's going on to show that he cares. Um, but she also still got to give some grace to be like, you know, you do deal with a lot of bad stuff. I don't know. You you might be trying to kill me one day. He should have told her. He should have just told her. I feel like he missed out on that boat because I don't think he probably likes her as much as he thinks he probably did. That's because... also what I've been getting from this series. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I remember someone earlier talked about, like, I think it was Eve, mm-hmm. about, like, your secret identity. Like, you do that if you feel like this is the one, because, like, you can't take it back. Yeah. So he never did it to her. So I was like, I guess you probably don't like her. Like, you like I don't know. Honestly, the, the, the chemistry between Mark and Amber has just never been there for me in the first place like even from the the jump like how she got his phone number or how he got her phone number and like from the first conversation they had it has just truly never felt like mark actually liked this girl but she was showing him attention mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like oh okay so again i completely understand he should have told her that she that he was invincible like she's right about that but i also understand from his point of view that like i wasn't gonna tell you right like, i don't I ain't even gonna get you in a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so. Oh no, great! I had a great episode. This is a great episode. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, not as great as the one before it. I will say that Battle Beast episode was <laughs> lit tea, <I> but <laughs> um, <Battle> yeah. <laughs> Battle That's Beast. who I'm here for. I'm ready for that. <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's coming back. um so moving on on to the next episode episode seven um we need to talk and uh dabby has basically come to the conclusion that she knows about the murders and everything um she i'm trying to remember if this was yeah this was the episode where she kind of comes to the to cecil and it's like hey nolan killed the guardians and he's like i know (laughs) <laughs> um, I, re- I know we already knew and she slaps him and she's like why didn't you tell me like what's hello what's going on and at this point now um, Omni-Man has like it's it's he's he's done now he, he's he's completely gone over into the I'm a full Viltrumite yeah Um, how did you feel about the entire exchange with Robot and getting his new body with the with the uh, the twins. Was it good? Um, I thought it was kind of cool that they 
the whole cloning process that they talked mm-hmm. about, how they were like, you know, this we're not making another you. We're making a copy of your brain. Yeah, like, like this isn't you. Like, if you die, like you are still going to die, and he will right. be not the same person. I'm, I, I liked it, and I think it's a very real kind of aspect of what goes into a lot of these cloning processes in comics and animation and like TV and we always kind of consider that oh yeah you're just transferring brain waves but no that's probably pretty hard to do and yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think even when you think about some other shows that have done it um do you watch Westworld yeah okay so I remember like Westworld when they were um kind of going through something similar with the little balls that had people's brains in them it was like this isn't actually you it's like right. a copy that we've made of you. So it's like, yes, when you die, you are going to die. And it's like, it's it's just going to keep going like that. But he's also kind of saying, like, it's okay as long as someone gets to live a life that's worth living and not being trapped in this little machine thing, like this little deformed thing. I thought it was interesting when he talked about, like, when he did wake up in the new body and he said he didn't think it was going to be a continuation that like I basically closed my eyes and opened them here like I was it's a continuation even though I'm a completely different person now because if that other thing dies that died but I didn't I don't know I thought it was a really interesting look at like cloning and and stuff yeah clones even though you know I don't like clones (laughs) you know I don't like clones I thought it was an interesting dialogue about them I don't really like Maddie needs kind of story no, she doesn't need to be yeah, nothing. She's good for she deserves her story to be told. Hasn't she gotten that already? No, she hasn't. What others? What's left to be told? Everything. There's <laughs> 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 nothing left. Better she's good where she is, which is nowhere. I'm sorry. It needed. It needed to be said. Um, <laughs> so the rest of this episode we get, uh, it's basically this, we got to stop Nolan, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Let's get um, back to business. <laughs> got to stop Nolan. Nolan is like looking for Invincible. There was a scene, I think, where, um, William is get stopped <laughs> by Omni-Man. And I know for a fact I would have like been shaken and quivering if Omni-Man just stood up in front of me like that. I would have told him anything he wanted to know. <laughs> I really um, did love the scene of Cecil and Omni-Man, where yeah. he was, like, kind of teleporting to different places, when Omni-Man just, like, kept getting him, like, almost just there. Like, that that was actually kind of terrifying. Because, like, when you think about being in that situation, if you're standing in front of Superman, it's like, okay, you know you really only got one shot at doing this, and if you make one wrong move, or you, make, you move half a second too short or too late, like it's done because he's coming to kill you (laughs) i thought that scene was really well done and it's like i know i have a i have some issues with a lot of the characters in this show but cecil is probably by far my favorite and i and it's just really so because i appreciate the fact that he is really like i'm just trying to do my job like i know i'm the bad guy i know i look like an asshole sometimes but it's like we got a job to do. Like, he is truly the only person out here that's like, I'm trying to save people. It's even like when you go back to that earlier episode where he had called Mark that one time to come be invincible and he didn't answer the phone. And Cecil, like, popped up in his house like, are you stupid? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no. Answer you want this job, you gotta answer the phone. So I really like Cecil. Yeah. 
Yeah, he aligns with your brand. That makes <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, the so yeah, they end up sticking like all of their anything that they can. Basically, they use some reanimation. They uh, that the the guy from the previous episode was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call him back to bring his stuff around. Um, they have uh this big like. I don't know, kaiju kind of thing. <laughs> um, that was, that was, that was with the, with the, the yeah. like, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing. And um, it had all, we had seen earlier in the season that Omni-Man fought that thing and barely won. So yeah. um, we knew that Cecil was going to keep it around because I think he said like, you know, we'll keep it because you never know when we might need it. And sure enough, they needed it. Sure enough, they sure enough they needed it. Um, and he talked and, about how they had like removed its pain receptors and things like that. So it was like you barely beat it the first time. Now it can't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it hates you. So okay. what are you gonna do? Um, and he was getting he was getting worked by it. But of course, Invincible, not knowing what's really going on, thinks he's about to be a team do a team up with his dad. And they try to take the one together. The monster, I think it was named Hail Mary or something like that, is completely destroying the both of them. It's about to defeat Invincible and Omni-Man. I think it's like about to eat Invincible. And Debbie is like, call it off, Cecil. And Cecil's like, no. Like, I can't do that. I can't do that. The one thing that we have that could possibly beat (laughs) Omni-Man is that Mm -hmm. thing or your son. So like, we and that was do. another scene again. I really like Cecil in it. Um, Cecil in it because even when Debbie says something to him, she's like, you know, I hate you for this, and he's like, yeah, I hate me too. It's like he knows this sucks and like this mm-hmm. is kind of bad. But again, I got a job to do. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like if I stop this thing, then the one shot I had at being Omni Man also goes out the window, and it's like I need that to be Omni Man. You need that to be Omni Man, and it's just the reality of our situation. Yeah. Yeah, he's realistic. <laughs> um, you know, we love, we always love that. So they end up like trying to fight this thing, and then the so the Mauler twins they got that collar from mm-hmm. Robot as a part of the deal for making him a new body, and they were going to use that collar to control the immortal. Well, the collar did, clearly didn't work, and okay. they revive the immortal. The immortal goes straight to Omni Man, and which I respect. Obviously, okay. it's like <laughs> where's he at? <laughs> I remember the last thing I remember for dying, so let's go oh, straight yeah. there. And uh, did you like his backstory of him basically being Vandal Savage? Oh yeah, that was fun. Was, <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I was like, he basically Vandal. I was like, that's funny. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Um. And he goes straight to Omni Man. They get to fighting, and he he puts up a little bit of a fight for a little bit. He does. No. He does. Invincible, Invincible, I, sorry, uh, the immortal. He tries to give a little something. I'm not really sure what he thought was gonna happen because I feel like if you couldn't <laughs> beat him the first time when you had like seven other people with you who were also just as strong, then it's like, what did you really think you were about to do by yourself? <laughs> yeah. No matter uh, how angry you were or powered by rage, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. Um, and I mean, sure enough, he does the same thing again. He beats him up and punches him right through the stomach. And I was like, damn, the same wound flave. 
the, the same one. Like <laughs> a mortal man. <laughs> like, baby, you might want to change your name. Right. You can literally rip some in half and just leaves them there. But it's but this is now the reveal that Omni Man is not who everyone yeah. thought he was because he has been broadcast on TV for this. Like everyone who has been watching can see. So now everyone knows that he is the villain. And Invincible flies up to him and Omni Man is covered in blood that is not any of his own. <laughs> and um he just goes, uh, we need to talk. <laughs> and um, what what good ever happens at the, after that kind of <laughs> after anyone says that to you? That is very that that that's kind of a chilling conversation. Like when you get that text, like, oh, we need to talk. You're like, what we need to know? Like, what we need to talk about? Say it right now. And they yeah, just, but, they try and they be like, no, we can talk about it later. Like, no, 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 no. You already brought it up. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> Don't do it like that. Let's do it right now. <laughs> So, of course, they end up having the conversation right now because episode eight opens up with um, Nolan, Omni-Man, pretty much telling his true backstory, which is he is a Viltrumite and a part of the Viltrumite empire. They don't go to places to cultivate them for, uh, you know, um, to be added to their empire. It's more of a takeover. (laughs) And they they aren't there to help, you know, bring about, you know, prosperity to the planet that they take over. It is join us or we will just kill everybody here. Okay. And they had a kind of crucible, I guess you can kind of say, of their own yeah, in a way. Like they were like going off on each other, like ripping through each other and like jumping and cutting off each other's heads. I was like, oh, this is violent. This is a little yes. unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> very, very violent. They were very much like, you know, they wanted to weed out the weak and, and all of it. And I just feel like, wow, what a way to weed out the weak. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm all about a war country and, like, you know, some fight and things like that. But it's like, there's, like, six of y'all left. <laughs> what happened to everybody else? I'm all for, you know, a survival of the fittest kind of thing. <laughs> but damn. Like, I didn't, I never, I guess I never thought about it going all the way to the end, you know, mm-hmm. where survival of the fittest and now we are actually, we killed everyone who would have any kind of inclination of not wanting to be a conqueror. Yeah. Um, and uh, tells us how Nolan was a part of the program of people who were sent off to planets to get them ready for mm-hmm. to be taken over, and Earth was his. Yeah. And things from there just get taken, <laughs> taken to the extreme because... The fight between Omni Man and Invincible, it's pretty. It was high. It was really heartbreaking. I felt so bad for poor little Mark. Yeah, yeah, Mark was getting his ass beat. I mean, I have to say, that train scene, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I never thought about like someone doing that to someone before, but that is insane. And again, that's one thing I will give this show a lot. You know, a lot of it has been gruesome. A lot of it has been like really in your face and this is like, damn, but it's also, that's kind of the reality of the situation of what these things is probably happening in these superhero shows and these battles. I even think about, I was watching Godzilla vs. Kong the other day uh, when that came out and they were like in Tokyo and like the streets were just getting ransacked. Like everybody was in. Even, remember how people had that complaint about Man of Steel? and yeah. all the damage that was done. I went back and I watched it, and I was like, okay, this is a little bit excessive. <laughs> <laughs> and then because it, 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 came to a, 
it was like y'all were destroying the, and it wasn't even the point that like just the Kryptonians fighting was like destroying everything. No, you had the army come in. They were like shooting missiles in random towns on down the street. Like you are killing all these people. And so like watching that on Invincible right now, it's just like damn. Like maybe we should ban superheroes. Because <laughs> this is not what it's given. Like yeah. when he gave him that one punch. They were like out in whatever field, and he punched him all the way into that city, and he just went through all those. <laughs> like, come on! And then he went and tried to save the building and like the lady and the. Yeah. He was trying to be a hero even in that moment, which was it was a testament to his personality and him wanting yeah. to be, a hero. um, you know, that even after he just got punched across several states, probably, um, he is trying to be a hero and save the people and this building that he like crashed into and is breaking he mm-hmm. feels responsible for the people that are falling out he's holding the building up while trying to catch this woman and of course it all crumbles and mm-hmm. he survives because you are invincible, invincible. that's when the splash <laughs> 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 the bloody splash happened right there. Um, but yeah, it really goes to show you just how the like, superpowers would kind of work in a world where the physics and stuff are actually real. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why that train scene was so gruesome because you just beat him up and then you held him by his head and just said, look, maybe seeing showing you this will show you the difference between you and them and holding, just holding him in place while this train just runs through the both of them and like people are dying i will also say i loved the animation in this episode i will say that like previously i talked about it and i said some of the scenes in this season like weren't well animated they mix a lot of 3d and 2d um animation styles particularly when they use like um backgrounds for people and stuff they do a lot of 3d stuff and sometimes it looked choppy it looked like a lot more of the money went to (laughs) to the finale which Mm -hmm. is completely understandable you gotta have a a kick-ass finale because the the way that they drew the that train and animated that train going through him and then we saw all the people coming and like them busting and just like getting splattered all over the place yeah it was they did they walked away fine you know yeah because that's what what happened with someone with superpowers i thought that was insane i will say that you know you know me y'all know me i um I'm not a villainous person, mm. but I am a logical person. Mm-hmm. And if I was, and if I was in that situation, I'm sorry. After the train part, I'm just gonna join Omni Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would just be like, all right, you got it. I, I mean, I, I guess I can understand that. I mean, because it's like if you about to bring a whole army of these kind of people, and it's like, what else are we truly supposed to do? But no, you can't give in like that. You have to, you have to continue to fight. <laughs> you have, have to, like you gotta find a way to win. But like, maybe being I a conqueror don't sound. I would probably, I would probably, <laughs> I would probably feign allegiance. I would fake it. I'd be like, okay, I'm on your side. But that's just like so I can figure out what do we need to do to get it done, get you done, because you can't stay around, and the people that you're bringing also cannot stay around. It's very mm-mm. now. See, I'm the character that would join your cause. 
<laughs> you would you would convert me over to come and join. <laughs> That's gonna get you. You gonna see? Oh, like oh, you the winners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, after I didn't join Omni Man, if you, if you and your team was like, no, we can like do this, I'd be like, all right, he right. Like we should okay. we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> okay. oh, so, oh, so you're gonna get to, you're gonna you're gonna join Omni Man first. Because like yes. yeah, okay. so you are yeah. one team Omni Man, but then once you see the rebellion against Omni Man, yeah. that's when you're gonna be like, oh okay, I don't gotta do this on my own anymore. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I can respect that. I can respect that. That's just that's just. I mean that that pretty much tracks for a lot of my favorite characters. So, <laughs> what did you um? Do you feel like obviously Omni Man is a villainous character? But do you feel like he is outright evil? Especially after getting the scene of him, like, pretty much, you know, we get to that part where him and Mark are fighting, and he's beating on Mark, but then he has, like, the quick flashback of him at the baseball game talking about, and with Debbie, about humanity and, like, feeling happy and that. Do you think that truly has affected him? Or was he just kind of like, whatever, I'm just not going to kill you right now? Um... How do I answer that without spoiling anything? <laughs> because I mm-hmm. well, I actually no, because they actually changed some some stuff from the comic. The comic. So yeah, because the whole Cecil exchange that that teleporting scene that was new. That didn't Ooh. that didn't happen. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought that that was cool. Um, Amber is also white in the comic. Um, <laughs> they they changed that. Um, so they've definitely changed some things around like for the show. So who knows? I think that. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he beat that boy like two or three. I was like in the in the context <laughs> and like what we saw, like yeah. the flash, he stopped. So it kind of gives you the sense of like, okay, yes, I have this son, I have this person, but at the same time, it's also like, is it only because he's also a Viltrumite? If he was just like his human son, would he still be having some of these same? like feelings or would he just be like okay he's not one he's a human let me go ahead and call my people down so we can just get this done and you know mark ended up asking him that question like oh he i think omni man said something along the lines of i had to be sure like when your powers emerged like mm-hmm. i had to be sure and like i had to make sure that you were viltrumite and viltrumite he said viltrumite cells are so strong that like he is pretty much even though he's only half Technically, like he's pretty much a full Viltrumite because of the way that DNA works. Um, so um, he asked him, like, well, what happens if I would have been a human? And he was like, I, I don't I mean, <laughs> I would have killed you. <laughs> You're not one. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't matter right now. <laughs> but you're not one, so who cares? Um, and then he brings up his mom. He's like, you know, your mother was like a pet. Baby, now that would have sent me off too. Yeah, that now if I were Debbie, that would have been like, uh, wow. Okay, like teleport yeah. me there right now, so I can let him know what I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of Debbie, you know, I got a lot of flack one day on the internet because I said I didn't really like any of the characters in Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, well, what about Debbie? And I was like, well, you know, I don't really like Debbie either because she's like being so quick to like sell her husband down the river. And they're like, oh, well, he's lied to her. And I was like, don't get me wrong. He's also very wrong for lying to her. Um, but still, like they're married. But you know what I came to realize? I don't enjoy the trope 
in like marriages and relationships of it being like a big lie or like there being this really big secret that shakes the foundation and like kind of makes the entire marriage a sham. When I think of like marriages and relationships that I really enjoyed, did you ever watch House of Cards? Yes, I did. Yes, great show. Frank and Claire. <sighs> Claire the goat. <laughs> yes. Claire is a that, queen. <laughs> that's, that's what I, especially like those first two seasons, like that's what I yes. want. Like ironclad, like we are yes. here, we are locked in, we know everything. The only we people are sharing, we are know. sharing a blunt at night okay. and discussing, we're going to take over the world. <laughs> okay. Like that's the type of marriage. Those are the type of uh, relationships I really like to see. The ones where it's like, oh, I've been lying to you this entire time. You can't trust anything. Oh, I'm going to sell you down. The-. I was watching Bonnie and Clyde the other day. <laughs> ride or die ride or die that is the goal always so it's like I just couldn't really get into them for that reasons but all that aside I do feel really bad for Debbie she got the short end of the stick she did not deserve she truly just like was in here trying to love her man and her husband she was very supportive of everything he did um, if he would have told her from the jump but like hey Especially, again, like, we were just kind of talking about this with Mark and Amber. Like, I feel like when Mark got to a point where he felt like Amber was truly the one, he definitely should have told her that he was mm-hmm. invincible. If he never felt like that, cool, don't tell her. Because um, you're going to break up with her anyway. Right. But when Omni, when Nolan got to a point where Debbie was like, okay, you are the one. You're having my child. I'm going to marry you. No, he should have kind of been like, I just need to let you know I'm an alien from another planet. And we were going to come and take over and kill everybody. But you're going to be okay. like i got you guys don't worry it's okay everybody else though cool and so that way debbie could just be like all right that's what's up yeah and call it a day and be like all right i'm gonna rap for you (laughs) when when the day comes just let me know i gotta pack a bag (laughs) (laughs) i would have kept a bag already packed it's already ready just ready just ready just ready suitcase in case you fly in one day, all right, we got to go. All right, cool, cool, cool. Let's go. Exactly. I got it. <laughs> yeah. um, I get it. I get it. Um, I didn't mind Debbie. I feel sorry for her that she got the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Although I don't have many characters on the show that, like, I can see myself in or reflect in, mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed the story of, like, following, following Mark and all this kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love superheroes. No, no, no. I, I, I do still think it's a very amazing show. Like, great show. Extremely well written. Fantastic action scenes. Good animation. Love it. Thing too. Insane. Really good. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I think it's like we've said, you know, I don't necessarily have to, like, like every character on a show to enjoy it. And now that I like Cecil, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then this, the episode pretty much ends with Omni-Man flying off and um, we don't know where he went. We did see a tear, though, kind of float off from him mm-hmm. in space. Um, so he kind of floats off. He flies off. Uh, Mark has to get healed. Uh, who knows? I think it took him, like, several weeks <laughs> to... I think they said he was in it for, like, two weeks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he heal himself up. And everyone's been pretty much dealing with the fallout of it. He tries to have conversations with um, William and Adam Eve and Amber. They all seems like they're going to become like a little team mm-hmm. together or something. Um, because Amber kind of says like, you know, I know that things are going to be hard, but I'm here for you. I'm going to be on your team or whatever. I'm going to help you. Probably William is also going to be his best friend that, you know, mm-hmm. probably try to, he will probably try to be, 
you know, the guy in the chair. I can totally see that coming down for him. And Adam Eve, um, we already saw that there's going to be some kind of budding relationship between the two of them. Um, so everyone's dealing with the fallout. Poor Debbie is distraught. Distraught and destroyed from it, having, you know, a drink with uh, the tailor who does the suits and she's like who's also no. very distraught from and I felt bad for him as well because he was just like he, you could tell he lost his friend and I yeah was like, oh, that was his only had yeah. to throw the pictures away <laughs> it was just sad um, mm-hmm. but then we see at the end like pretty much you know they ask Alan the alien comes back and yes, Alan, the icon. <laughs> Alan comes back and tells Invincible, oh my gosh, you need to be worried that there's a Viltrumite on your planet. And <laughs> Invincible's like, okay. <laughs> All right, no. He gives, he catches him up today, and he, Alan pretty much tells him, like, you know, I know you don't know about this whole space stuff, but the Viltrumites are known throughout the galaxy as being, like, ruthless, and they do not stop. So uh, if he left his post, there are going to be people who are going to be coming back. And um, this is a small spoiler, but uh, the people coming back, like Omni Man, is like level one boss compared to the <laughs> compared to the people who are coming back. So if we thought this was insane, yeah. the future is gonna be great. So I'm really excited for what they do with these next seasons. Um, and Invincible pretty much tells Alan, like, yeah, there's all that stuff going on. Um, you know, and Alan's like, what are you going to do next? And we get a quick montage of the twins being in jail, but they broke out. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, they're still the Guardians of the Globe going on, the Rihanna Man and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there looks like Cecil is getting an army full of them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. He's ready. Who knows? He, said he, he said, he know they coming. I told you. <laughs> he said, you're not going to get me. I'm going to take it one he time. Said, you know, okay. He said, y'all lied to me once. You, you got it. Cool. I'm going to give you that one. He said, but now I'm ready. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, and Invincible was like, I guess I'm just going to finish high school. So we're going to be following Mark and, you know, what he's been going on here. So I'm excited for what they do with these next seasons. All in all, I would say it was an excellent uh, show. I would give the season finale, like, a 9 out of 10. And honestly, I'd give the entire season, like, an 8.5 out of 10. Agreed. Fully agreed. I also really did like the way that the Guardians came together. Well, that the new Guardians came together by the end of the show. And how they like finally felt like a team, even though they still feel kind of like a weak team. I won't lie to you. It's not kind of. They are a weak team. (laughs) (laughs) If I was on that team, I would have been like, y'all, we need to start expanding the ranks. because (laughs) I don't really know what's going on there. I I don't know. Maybe we'll see Black Samson got his powers back. Um, I I will say Rexplode did find the whole thing with Robot pretty awkward. But of course he would. It was his self. Also, like... That just brings up the creepiness about it because Robot mm-hmm. is trying to clone himself mm-hmm. so that he has a regular body from Rexplode, mm-hmm. but he made it like a child version of him. And earlier in the episode, when he revealed himself to be like that deformed person, mm-hmm. um, he said that he was 30, mm-hmm. right? And Monster, Monster Girl is supposed to be like 28 or something like that. Something like that. But like she's that. in. Right. But she's in, she gets younger every time that she's like um, 
that she uses her powers. Yeah. She looks, but she looks like a 13 year old girl, right? Or like 14 yeah. something. And she was using her powers quite a bit in this episode. Like, I don't know. I get it. Like, I get you want to be a hero and everything. But if this curse is truly making you younger, I feel like you kind of want to spare the times that you turn. <laughs> right. Like, why right. you wait? Like, even earlier in the series, one of the episodes, she was talking about how she wouldn't turn into a monster for like a random training session because she gets younger. But then we saw her training as Monster Girl with duplicate. Right. <laughs> it's like she lying. And, I don't trust. Her. And my thing is with her being a kid, that's the only version of her. That robot knows. So isn't that creepy? Like it's, creepy. it's not like he knew. And that's not like he knew her when she was older and got younger. He's only known her to be like a little girl. He's a creep. So <laughs> <laughs> he's a creep. That's I the bottom that's line. <laughs> um, I'd get rid of that. <laughs> um, but all in all, it was a fantastic show. I think yeah. it's. A really well done series. Uh, the animation was fantastic. Shout out to Amazon for putting this out there um, and renewing it for uh, season two. Up. Their little streaming service is moving on up the ranks. Netflix and Hulu are just dropping on down. It's been clicking down for me. Clicking down. HBO Max and Amazon um, Prime might be where it's at. Yeah. HBO Max, you know, I'll give that to them because a lot of the movies they put out are bad, but at least they put them out. <laughs> <laughs> At least they put them out. At least it's that's not, not an HBO Max problem. That's a Warner Brothers problem. Fair. Good point. Yes. That's the a HBO Warner series are fantastic. Good point. You're right. Thank you for clocking me on that because that's very true. Because <laughs> Child Wonder Woman was just, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no. Let's not even. Let's not even do you're that. Gonna, let's gonna, not even. You're gonna piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to do that. Let's not do it there. Um, all right, y'all. That brings us to the end of the show. Uh, make sure you uh, rate and subscribe us on any wherever you are listening to the podcast. And you can check us out on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. If you want to watch the show um, and get in there, subscribe over there. You can find us on Twitter at Another Relaunch. You can email us any questions, concerns to uh, at Another Relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media stuff i need to try to change my playstation name to this too but it's uncanny lz you can find me anywhere uh keenan where oh, can they find you maybe i should change my xbox no i actually don't want that to be my xbox name never mind um <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on most social media at keenan lance you know there's an underscore at the end um but now i do want to change my xbox name so my xbox name if anyone ever wants to play with me my gamer tag is hippie creed um it was like a it was a thing. I was playing Assassin's Creed one day. It doesn't matter. Um, I want to change. We were kids. Yeah. We were kids. You think about that. You think of some of the names you have when, like, for stuff that you created, the forms and things. You're just like, ooh, something was wrong with me. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you can find my PlayStation name is, <laughs> I think it's Marvel Man 19. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, that's why I want to change yes. it. I think it's I think Marvel it's Marvel Man, Man 19. Marvel I think Marvel. I made it when I was like 19. I think. And of course, Marvel Man. <laughs> <Dang. I don't> <laughs> All right, let's get up out of here. Uh, we'll catch y'all later. <laughs>